Let's go to God's Word today. Grab your notes if you haven't already. And this morning, I want to spend a few minutes talking about this idea, when the road is long. When the road is long. We're in the series Road Trip, and this week I was thinking about you, and I was praying for our church as I drove south on 75. And before these last couple of dry days, we have been through this, this week or two where it feels like, is it ever going to stop raining? I mean, nonstop rain. And, and after about a few days that I was praying, God, could we just have a day of sunshine? And after two days of sunshine, I'm like, God, could we have a little bit of rain back? You know, <laughs> just maybe like an afternoon shower. The whole day of rain, though, is driving me crazy. I'm heading south on 75, and it, the storm was so turbulent and the rain was so hard that I felt at one point like I almost needed to pull off to the side. And uh, it, it just, just intense, like you couldn't see in front of you. And I had this feeling like, man, this is, this is one of the craziest storms I've been in in a long time. And I continued to drive south. I made it to about I-4. And when, when I got about three miles down the road, all of a sudden this amazing thing happened. And this horrible storm transitioned so quickly into sunshine. And I looked in my rearview mirror and I just saw behind me all, all black. And I thought, man, isn't it amazing? Because there were moments in the middle of that storm where it just felt like, it felt like it was storming everywhere. And the question I have today is, have you walked through a storm lately? It's a rhetorical question because the truth is, is all of us are probably walking into one, we're in the middle of one, or maybe we're just coming out of one, and we're thinking, thank you, Jesus. And I thought about our church and thought about you as I was in the middle of that storm and, and came out of it, and I feel like God spoke to me. It's, I think oftentimes what happens in our lives when we're in a storm is we feel like it's going to be like this forever. I'm never going to get out. But what I realized is that all I had to do was keep driving and, and a few miles down the road, there was sunshine on the other side. And I just wanna encourage somebody and, and this message this morning is for somebody that feels like giving up, that feels like quitting, that feels like throwing in the towel, like your best days were behind you, that God still has something great for your life. And if you're a season where you feel like, man, the storm is forever, can I, can I just encourage you that there's sunshine, there's sunshine ahead, but you gotta keep driving, you gotta keep moving. And I can't think of one passage greater to just, that resonates this idea. Two verses this morning that I just want to kind of dissect and give you four thoughts that would encourage us when the road is long. And it's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I want to read that whole passage, those two verses, and then we'll kind of break it down as we go along today. Hebrews 12. Let's read together. As for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us. So then, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds on to us so tightly. And let us run with determination the race that lies before us. I love this part. This is so important. Let us keep our eyes fixed on, just underline Jesus right there. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Where's our focus? Is on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. Look what it says. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him. I love this. Even he changed his perspective and saw beyond the most horrific thing, the cross. It says because of the joy that was waiting for him, and we'll hit that at the very end this morning. He thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross and he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. 
You know, I think sometimes we're walking through seasons, journeys of our life where the road feels so long that it just almost feels like it would be easier to turn around and start over. Maybe a relationship, a difficulty in your life. Remember several years ago, Jen and I, it was a Saturday morning, we had made plans to go hang out with a couple that uh, we were good friends with up in Ocala. We served with them. It was our first first ministry position out of college. There were youth pastors there, and we continued to stay in touch. We were living in Pinellas County. I'll never forget that morning we hopped onto 75, and it was before Google Maps. Unfortunately, we didn't realize what was going on the interstate. It was at the end of one of the big spring break weeks, and we realized that everybody on 75 was heading to a different state that day. Like Kentucky, Georgia, they, they were just all, there was, I guess there was a private meeting, they were all going to have a party, and they were all decided to leave on the same day back to where they came from. And we got so frustrated, we got there, it was like a parking lot, I don't know if there were accidents, and this is before you knew what was going on, and we're just sitting there on the highway seeing everybody else's license plate, like, yes, get out of here, get out, you know, go. And uh, we tried to take back roads, 301 and different roads, only to realize that everybody else had the same idea. And we made it so far. Our plan that day was to hang out with our friends in Ocala, but we had to get back to Dade City for a wedding that evening. And the journey was taking so long and it was so frustrating that we started to even question whether we were gonna make it. At one point, I remember we were driving down this back road and we looked to the right and there was this barbecue restaurant on the side. And Jen and I had a moment where we had to make a difficult decision. It was either gonna be friends or it was gonna be food. And sometimes you just got to make tif- you know, tough decisions and you're like, everybody, food won that day, all right, I'm saying? Listen, we sat in that barbecue restaurant. We called our friends and said, we love you, but we're not going to make it today. And we just kind of ate the pain away, and then we drove back south. And we made it back to the wedding. But in serious situations of our life, I think there's people today that are in this room, and maybe God has you because this is the message you need. You're walking through pain, you're walking through circumstances, and the easy road, the easier situation and scenario for you is just to turn back around. Just, just to go ahead and quit and throw in the towel. And I think there's three, three big reasons why we do this oftentimes. If you're taking notes, number one is this, I think it's failure in our life. It's failure. We've blown it so many times. I mean, you've had seasons where you've shown up at church, you've cried your eyes out, you've said, God, this is the last time I'm doing that. You know that secret sin issue, that area of your life where it's out of control that nobody knows about. And you've said, God, this is it. I'm giving you this issue and you've walked out of here in such freedom only until you stumbled again on Tuesday afternoon or when the enemy knew you were at your weakest point and the enemy has lied to you time after time that you started to believe the lie that you're a failure. That you're never going to walk in victory. Can I tell you this? Man, God did not create you to live in bondage. God did not create you to live in fear over your past and over your mistakes. And some of you today, your past is strangling you. It's haunting you. Something your mom or your dad said to you. Or the lie you believe because that boss didn't believe in you like you thought they did. Or, or the relationship that went wrong and you think you're never going to have a healthy marriage because all you can see is through the rear view mirror. Let me tell you, don't let your failures define your future today. God has a plan for what's ahead. I think failure is a huge one. I think the second one is this. It's no progress. It's no progress. For somebody today, you're walking through a season where you feel like you're spinning your wheels. And over and over, that that feeling of spinning your wheels and not seeing 
where it's taking you and where you hope to be and it not happening as quick as you wanted has caused you to, to feel so depressed and so discouraged. Man, I, I feel this. There are seasons and situations where I just set out to do something and I blow it, I, I mess up, it doesn't happen the way I, I'd hoped. This actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was mowing the grass. You know when you're mowing the grass, you're, just, you're tired, you're exhausted. And I was on the side of the yard and I saw in front of me there was a sprinkler head. And uh, in, in my lack of good judgment, I decided, you know, man, I'm going to clear that thing just fine. And I'll never forget the sound and feeling as I, I drove over that sprinkler head and just the crunching, you know. Uh, I thought, man, this is, this is awful. And it was last Saturday night before Father's Day. And I thought, man, what could be more fatherly than me go out and repair this sprinkler head? Simple little task, right? I mean, this shouldn't take me long at all. I, I unscrewed the old one. I took it to Lowe's, and I know better, everybody. I don't go searching for products anymore. I find the guy with a blue shirt, and I say, man, here's what doesn't work. I need to find one that does. I need everything short of you actually doing it for me, all right? Tell me how to do it. Show me a YouTube video, something. So I got back to the house, and I thought, man, this would be no big deal. I, I went to repair. I thought, man, you know, 10 minutes, I'll have this... Jen's telling me dinner's almost ready. I'm 30 minutes later, I'm still trying to get the sprinkler head on the top. I was losing my joy and I was losing Jesus out there, everybody. And I knew I had to preach the next morning. I decided, I walked in. I walked in with my head down. I said, babe, I just don't have it tonight. You know what I'm saying? Call somebody and get this sprinkler head fixed. I just don't have it tonight. And I think there's seasons and situations with a lack of progress in your life has kept you from feeling like the best is ahead for you, from taking a step further, like feeling to be better if you just started over. I, and I think the enemy gets the worst. The four worst words oftentimes when we're spinning our wheels is things will never change. Listen, church, there's a marriage in the room today that that's the word you're speaking over your family. Things will never change. Yeah, you've gone through the counseling appointments and you've said all the right words, but you walk out of there and you still have the same mindset. Man, she's never going to change. He's just going to be the same bullheaded guy as he always has been. No elbowing this morning, all right. Listen, but I think for some of us, we believe this lie that it's not, it's not going to change. And God wants to speak a different story over your life. Th no progress, failure. The third, the third one is people. It's people. Manipulative. Negative, critical people. And here's the dangerous thing about this, is that some of us have reduced the greatness of God's plan and his purpose down to somebody who cast all their pain on us. And we're walking and living in it. Can I tell you, God did not wire you and design us and create us to live in pain and in fear over what somebody else has said about us. So some of you need to throw the weight of what somebody has spoken over your life off today and listen to what God has spoken over your life, that he has a plan that the best is ahead. You know, I'm reminded of what Galatians 6, 9, Paul says this. He says, let us not grow weary in doing what is right. He says, for after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing. What if we don't get discouraged and give up? And I just want to encourage somebody today. So somebody's feeling broken. Somebody's feeling like, I can't take another step. And God wants to remind you, man, his plan is perfect for your life. 
Maybe it's not the way that you, you saw it all working out, but that doesn't mean God has left you, that this is the end of the road. I mean, don't give up. And I love the encouragement of Hebrews 12. I also love the story I heard about this recently, and I thought, man, it just fits so perfectly, this lady, Diana Nyad. She, she set an unbelievable record about five years ago. It was her fifth attempt. It was the longest, and it was the first ever open swim from Cuba to the Keys, from Cuba to the United States, 110 miles, over two days, everybody. But the amazing thing about it is actually her first attempt at this swim was when, when she was 28 years old. 28 years old, she attempted to, to make the swim, but the, the strong current pushed her off course. And so her second attempt was 33 years later. 33 years later, she was 61, decided she was going to make the swim again. But in the middle of the swim, she had an asthma attack that kept her from moving forward. So three months later, she made her third try. Gave it a third try. But in the middle of the swim, she was stung by a box jellyfish. And I, I, I really had not heard much about this, but they say that it's one of the worst poisons that you could ever be stung by, that 90% of people that get stung by a box jellyfish end up dying. On that third swim, her doctor who was on the boat on the side jumped out of the water to help her. And in the process, he also got stung by the jellyfish. But that didn't derail her. A year later, she was 63 years old and her fourth attempt, she began to swim. And in the middle of the swim, she didn't get stung once. She actually got stung nine different times. I don't know about you. I don't even need the, the stinging. If I see the box jellyfish, you can go ahead and throw me the rope, man. I'm done. Like, we're just going to sail to the Keys, all right? Get me Caribbean cruise lines, and I'll set a record. I'll swim on the boat, man. Fifth attempt. One year later, she's 64 years old. And I love this new story about this accomplishment. Check this out. U.S. swimmer is heading to Florida. It's Diana Nyad's final attempt to swim from Cuba to Florida, all the way from Cuba to Florida. She expects to make the 110-mile swim in about 80 hours. She'll have a support team with her. If Nyad succeeds, she will become the record holder for the longest unassisted open ocean swim. I hope next time I see you, it will be to celebrate instead of to say, oh, here we go again. This is the last time. It's the last time, 100%. This is the end of the journey, as they say. Wow. Nyad has tried to make the swim for the past two years, suffering from exhaustion and dangerous jellyfish encounters. This time around, Nyad will be wearing a protective mask and a prosthetic mouthpiece to help keep the jellyfish away, but that does not protect against sharks. That's terrifying. Good luck to her. Don't you just love the reporter at the end? It's like she goes off cue, and she realizes, wait, that doesn't help against sharks. You know, I mean, what is this lady thinking? Amazing feat. I, I, I watched another video as she got out of the water. I mean, her face was just completely swollen from being in the salt water for two days. Just a, an incredible story of a willingness to persevere and not give up. I wonder today, though, what in your life is causing you to go, you know what, I, I'm not giving this another shot. I, I, I'm done. It, it's over. And I pray today that the words of Hebrews 12 would just 
pour life into our spirit, strength into our bodies and our minds. And I just want to give us four thoughts from those two verses that would encourage us as we step out into a new week. Number one is this, is just remember you're not alone. If you're taking notes, remember you're not alone. The, the writer, he says this, as he begins verse one, he says, As for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us. He says, man, when you're in the journey, when you're in the fight, remember that the saints that have gone before are cheering you on. They're, they're believing in you. There are they're people that are encouraging you. And I think so often the lie of the enemy is you're, you're the only one going through this. Nobody sees where you're at. Nobody knows what you're going through. And it's such a lie. You know, as I read this verse, it made me think about my brother last week. He, he and his wife are in San Francisco. My brother got a call last Saturday morning. And uh, I was so excited for him. He, he calls me. He says, well, I should never believe this. He said, my, my friend reached out to me, and they, something opened up. And he got a last-minute ticket to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach last Sunday. And I was excited for him, and I was mad at him all at the same time. Like, Chris, what, man, what's, what's the deal? And he's driving down to, to Pebble Beach. And so we said, man, Chris, you got you to gotta let us at least experience a little bit of this. So I'll never forget, he reached out to us as Gary Woodland on on hole 18 was making his way up the fairway. And my brother, he's, man, he's a, he's a big guy, 6'4", he's a big dude. He video calls, my dad and I are on the couch together. Like, we can't be there, we'll just experience it through your phone, all right? And it was amazing as Chris, he's like, man, I can't even move. There's just people everywhere and he's just living in the moment. We're kind of enjoying it through him. But I just imagine the feeling it must have been for Gary, his first major championship, as he walked up that fairway and this crowd of people are just cheering him on at one of the biggest stages in all of golf. And I just wonder today if we could be reminded that, man, there are heroes of the faith that have gone before that are cheering us on, reminding us you're not alone. You can do this. I mean, your best is ahead. Just stay with it and keep going. The question I have for you is, as you look at the crowd of your life, are the people closest to you, are they the ones encouraging you, building you up, or is your crowd tearing you down? Are they taking you toward your destiny, or are they pulling you back from everything that God has called you to be? No, you're not alone. But number two is this, let go of everything that's holding you back. Let go of everything. The writer says, so then let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way, everything that gets in the way, and the sin which holds on to us so tightly. And the context of this is so powerful because back in that day in the, those Olympic games during that time period when a, a runner would run those races, they would strip off everything. Everything. I mean, the road, they would run butt naked, everybody. I'm serious. And, and there is nothing that will make you want to be in first place more than the view from second place. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm not signing up for that race, but if I ever run in it, I'm winning, man. I'm winning. And, and, and they would run, and they would run. And that's what he says, strip off everything that's getting in your way. Let me ask you today, what's getting in your way? What's stealing your joy? Is it fear? Is it your pride? For some of us today, it's selfishness. I think for others, it's inadequacy. You, you don't feel like God could use you. Can, can I just remind you that the people that God chose for his great mission, his disciples, they weren't just like 
He didn't put on a, a talent competition. He didn't have any, you know, Jerusalem's got talent, you know. There was no dancing with the apostles, man. I mean, listen, he, he picked ordinary men, ordinary men to do his greatest work. Let me tell you, you have everything you need to accomplish everything God wants you to do. Don't let anybody speak negative over your life and your calling and your purpose. Walk in it. Let go of everything that's holding you back. Number three is just stay in the race. Stay in the race. He goes on in verse one. He says this, and, and let us run with determination. I love that. Another version says endurance. Let us run with endurance. Let us run with determination. The race that lies before us. What he's saying is develop a, a don't quit spirit. A staying power, a patient endurance, a, a willingness that says, God, if you have me in this, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on my commitment. I'm not giving up on my marriage. I'm not giving up on my family. I'm not giving up on my faith, even in the moments where I doubt you the most. I think one of the reasons why we struggle with staying in the race and having that kind of endurance is we live in such a I have to have it now culture. We want we want everything that God has for us, and we would appreciate if he would give it all today. I, I, I see it in, in just even the way we live our lives. You know, what a blessing the Amazon is. But Amazon wasn't enough, and so we needed Amazon Prime. But Amazon Prime wasn't enough, so now we need Amazon now. I think there's going to come a point where Amazon's just going to show up at our door and go, I think we, you need these things. You didn't order them, but here they are. Like, they're going to know what we want before we even ask I ordered a, a birthday gift last week for somebody, and I had it sent out, and I did it last minute. It was about 6 in the evening, and I needed it there tomorrow, which Amazon was able to do. You know, it's amazing. They got the gift bag already. You can put a note in there. Got an email late that night that said, we're so sorry. Uh, there is a delay in your delivery. It's not going to make it tomorrow. And I threw my hands up, like, you got to be kidding me. I was ready to call customer service. You mean you can't get it to the house in 12 hours? What is the problem? Because we live in such an instant culture, and we want it right now. And I think there's seasons where we got to, you know, God, i gotta, I got to trust your timing. i got to stay in the race even when it doesn't feel right. Even when everything isn't just all goosebumps with my marriage and my family. And, I, and even when I don't feel you close. Think about the men of the Bible, great men of faith, Noah. From the time God called him to build an ark, waited 120 years for it to rain. Moses walking 40 years in the wilderness, waiting for the promised land. Abraham, the promise of a son who would be the father of a great nation, waiting 25 years to even see that realized. May let's stay in the race. And number four today, before we go, let me encourage you, keep an eternal perspective. Keep an eternal perspective. Verse 2, look what it says. It says, let us keep our eyes fixed on who? On Jesus. I think that's a problem for many of us is oftentimes we got our head down, wondering why everything isn't working out. And I think one of the fastest ways to get depressed and discouraged is to focus inward. He says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. But I love the next part. It says, he endured the cross. He, he did not give up because of the cross. 
On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. The last thought this morning is this, is it's just like Jesus, is, is we can face what's now when we know what's next. We can face what's now when we know what's next. Here's the deal. Jesus endured the cross because he had his eyes on you and me. He, he knew the joy of redeeming all of mankind, the joy of eternity, the joy of reuniting with us and us hearing the words one day, well done. And I just want to encourage somebody in the room this morning. You can face what's now as long as you know what's next. As long as you have your eyes on what's next. This week we, we sat down to a family dinner and, and Jen wanted, made one of the things that she's, man, it's, it's like her specialty. She, she loves cooking it and I love eating it. She does an awesome job with greens. She made greens and, man, she does it right. Puts that bacon grease in there and cuts the spicy sausage and puts all the seasoning. I just, it's great. I mean, we were enjoying that, but my boys are eight and nine, and they haven't quite developed the love for greens that Jen wishes they had. We had other things, chicken and macaroni and cheese. I'm just trying to get you hungry for lunch. That's all, you know. We were just having a great meal, but the boys had not enjoyed the greens like we were, and there came a point toward the end of the meal where Jen felt like, you know what, today's the day. My boys are going to eat these greens, and she went piled up their plate, not piled up, but had a small portion for him. And my youngest, Ben, I'm telling you, he's trying to muscle that down. And it's amazing how your kids, they can make all kind of contortions with their face when they're eating something they don't want to eat, you know. And that, that was Ben. And Caden, he was refusing. He just wasn't having it. And she said, well, guys, I want you to know that right after dinner tonight that uh, I, was, I was planning on having ice cream cones. But in order for, to have, for you to have the ice cream in the ice cream cone, you're going to have to eat your greens. A miracle happened in the Morris household, everybody. I'm telling you, it's like the Holy Spirit came down, God moved. It was just amazing. My boys, just life just filled their bodies. And amazingly, they began to scarf down those greens like it was the best thing they had ever eaten. Because when they had a glimpse of what was next, they were able to endure what was now. Here's what I'm saying. For some of us, all we can see is what's now. We've lost sight of what eternity looks like and why Jesus died. I've come that you may have life and have life to the full. It doesn't mean every day is going to be easy, but if you'll trust me, I'll, I'll get you through the difficult days. I just, want to some, I just want to encourage somebody who's walked in here limping this morning that your best is ahead. May you just catch a glimpse of what God has for you. Eternity awaits that, you know what, even in the most difficult seasons, I can trust God is faithful. I just wonder, is there anybody in the room that believes you serve a great and a mighty God? Do you believe it this morning? Can we put our hands together and praise him? God, I thank you. I thank you. My prayer today is as we walk out of this place that we would leave with a renewed hope that, God, you're with me. That you're for me. Just like that song says, I am who you said, say I am. And would you just bow your heads this morning as we close today?